the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Sean Azaro, and you are listening to the Reaching for Real Life podcast. Yes, welcome to the Reaching for Real Life podcast with Pastor Sean Azaro of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. I'm Baron Wiley, and uh, Pastor Sean, how are you, man? Living the dream, Baron. If I was any better, I'd be oh, you, my brother. I would be you. I was gonna, <laughs> you're going to drop a Dave, Dave Ramsey thing on me, but no. Thank you. I. Is that what you always say when someone asks you, how's it going? No, no. Sometimes I say, you know, other cornball, cliche <laughs> things like, if I was any better, I'd be twins. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, things of that nature. My go-to is, uh, it's a great day and a great life. How about that? Oh, man, that's inspiring. Isn't it? Can I write that down? <laughs> <laughs> Another half hour of inspiration coming your way here on the Reaching for Real Life podcast. In fact, Pastor Sean, uh, something inspired you recently on this thing called the Facebook. Yeah, well, going through social media, there's so many things you see that are not encouraging, not edifying. Or, uh, you know, they just don't build you up. And a friend shared it. I can't even remember who it was who shared it. But it was this video. And here is this man sitting there, African-American man, by himself. And he starts holding up signs. And this was right after, you know, this was kind of in the aftermath of the George Floyd uh, killing and all of the things and all of the upheaval that came. I mean, everybody was u- kind of unified at first, and then we began to divide, which seems to happen with everything, right? It, it's just how everything goes. And I see this man, and he's holding up these signs. and Because we'd love to play the video. <laughs> but it's silent. It's silence. <laughs> good song in the background. <laughs> and so he's holding up these, and it's a pretty good message. But all of a sudden, his family comes in, his wife comes in, and, and he's African-American, she's white, and then their kids come in at different points. It's a, and it's powerful. So uh, I wanted to talk with the gentleman who created that. Well, guess what, Pastor Sean? Did you? <laughs> you know, it's a, it's a modern miracle. You showed me. Actually, I saw the video on your uh, Facebook page. Yep, yep. I went and friended him, looked it up, saw the same video, and then instant messaged him. He replies back, and I'd like to welcome to uh, Reaching for Real Life, the podcast, the radio show, Pastor Alex Bryant of Nixon, Missouri. Pastor, are you there, sir? Yes, sir. How are you guys doing today? We are doing fantastic, Alex. Thank you for being with us. This means a lot. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Privilege and an honor. Alex Bryant Ministries. Tell us what you do. Tell us a little bit about that. Well, we are, um, our ministry is new. I've been in the ministry, the full-time ministry now for about, um, I don't know, 15, 16 years. And um, we've done a little bit of everything, youth ministry, young adult, adults. We've done rural ministry, inner city. It doesn't matter. Our goal, my wife and I, our goal is to make disciples. Um, That's what we're called to do in Matthew 28. And so um, that's what we like to do. Um, We were... After that video, we actually that video. I don't know if you know this or not. It's actually four years old. Um, we made that in response to the, um, the shooting of the police officers in Dallas right. four years ago. Wow! And so um, I, I actually I used to run the St. Louis Dream Center. I worked for Joyce Meyer Ministry, hmm. and I ran her center director there, and um, I ran her Dream Center in St. Louis. 
And um, I was there right in the middle of Ferguson with Mike Brown, the hands up, don't shoot. Right. I was leading that church of about 600 people and, and it's mainly black. And we saw how it was just getting so divided. And so my, and my heart was just beginning to, to just, you know, wrench for the race relations. And, yeah. you know, of course, being in a biracial family, my wife and I have been married 25 years coming up next week. And so we, we see it. We see race all the time and we have to learn to deal with it, get to the point to where um, not only just deal with it, but celebrate it. We yeah. celebrate our differences. But, but seeing the country so divided, um, you know, we just, God just kind of drawn us into this ministry full time. Um, we were making disciples and about last summer, God spoke to us and said, hey, it's time to do this. And so we wrote a book about it and actually turned that video into a book. It's called Let's Start Again. And it just expands on some of our thoughts in the, um, in the video that we did and just mm. um, really focusing on the way forward, what we can do to bring about racial reconciliation. So that's what we say. We exist to, um, to reconcile people unto God, mm. ourselves, and each other. And we do it through written, spoken, and media content. And mm. so that's what our ministry is all about now. Awesome. Well, that video grabbed my attention. And it just, you know, it's interesting. It was just such a, a powerful, fresh biblical perspective. And to be honest with you, the biracial nature of your family made it even more powerful. I think that the the whole presentation was just extremely powerful, and I'm not the only one who thought that. Uh, me and 47 million of my best <laughs> friends have have liked that video. It, it's so humbling, you know, Pastor Sean. I'm gonna tell you this: it's we're pastors, and I, I've written sermons before, and you have to, you know, and some of them you know that we're just bombs, and some <laughs> of them are like, oh, have you been watching? Have you been listening? <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what, though, some of our sermons is like if Jesus was in the, was in the room, we'd be like going, "Ah, oh, yeah, Jesus, he's taking notes or whatever." But <laughs> I, I can take I can take no credit for that. I mean, it was mm. just that was as close to being um, inspired divinely as I ever knew, and um, it was just it came to me. My heart was breaking. I was praying one morning the night after the police officers were shot in Dallas, and um, I was just praying. My son, he had just had physical therapy on his knee. So for the hour that he was at his um, appointment, I was just in the car, just crying and praying. And, and um, I was like, Lord, speak, you know, I'm listening. And mm. so um, on the way home, the whole time, I was just, just crying. I was listening to that song over and over. And when I got home, I told my wife, I was like, babe, God's been speaking to me and I need to write some stuff down. And she's like, I'll watch the kids and, you know, go downstairs and do it. And literally 10 minutes later, I came upstairs with those 26 statements just written down. Like God just told me what to write and I wrote them. I mean, it was, it was just like I was dictating them. Mm-hmm. And then, so, um, he spoke to my wife from there. When I came upstairs, she's like, Oh, this is it. And I was like, God told me we're going to make a video. She's like, yeah, I can see it. And she's like, we're going to get the kids involved. They'll come in one at a time where we're red, white, and blue and, um, and we'll do it. And so it was, it was literally like, I'm speaking to you now, how God spoke to me. And then he spoke to her. And then even the process of making the video, we told our kids, Hey, we're going to do this. We need you to cooperate. If everything goes well, we'll take you to Chick-fil-A. You know, if you can bribe some kids with Chick-fil-A, right? <laughs> and so on the second take, they did it, and we went to Chick-fil-A, and we just saw what God was up to. And so it's just humbling. That was you know? the second take? That's not. That was the second take, yeah. So, well, the whole point, that's, I think the strength of the video, Alex, is, it, is, it's, is it's in your living room. This was before, you know, you're telling what yeah. you're telling me, this is before COVID, 
you know, what's funny is this yeah. looks like everything it, that people are doing now because everybody's doing something that's a very kind of homemade, but yet they're they're just on video. And this was several years before that. So it, yeah, it, that's, it's handwritten signs. It's not high production. I think that's, that adds to the power of it. And literally, it's just a video of you holding up these statements, things like, cool. uh, who am I? Who are yeah. we? Whose side am I on? The police or the people? And you, sh- your responses to them, you shake your head no. Black yeah. or white, your wife steps in who is white. Again, a powerful moment. You know, you're right. There's just sometimes, sometimes you just recognize God was doing something. There's an anointing on it, and it takes off like wildfire. You know, and, and again, it's just it just shows um, just the power of the God we serve. And you know, I tell people all the time, I I would love to take credit for it, but I can't. You know, all all I did was say yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, and we just did what He told us. And um, and He's even told us even since then. Just there's been some um, just some plans and some thoughts on. You know, I, my natural thing was as soon as we made the video and we saw it going viral, it was exciting for us and our family. And everybody's contacting me. You should do this. You should do that. And and so I was just like, Lord, what we we will do whatever you would have us do. But we're going to wait to hear from you. And uh, man, it was three years later before we really got another piece of that assignment. We've taken some speaking engagements and we talk every now and then. But didn't quit my job. Didn't turn it into a book. Didn't try to do anything. And it wasn't until February of last year where I, I clearly heard the Lord saying, okay, turn this into a book. And, um, mm. and then as we were writing, it was just, it was so easy. Um, I mean, just his thoughts, it was just, he was telling us what to say. Yeah. And, um, and then we did that. And so um, that book came out April of this year and we're just now getting the message out. So even, even in the midst of that, we're going, okay, Lord, we've quit our jobs. We expect to sell these books. What do you do? Well, how come everything's closed down now? Did you, did you make a mistake? But, um, just his divine plan is going to go forward. And he's given us the message of reconciliation. It's not by our might, not by our strength, but by his. And he's going to do what he wants to do. And we are just um, humbled and excited at the same time to be used. So, mm. What's the title of the book? Let's Start Again. It's mm. um, a biracial couple's view on race, racial ignorance, and racial insensitivity. Now, we believe that not everything is racist, and that's the message that we kind of want to get out. Yeah. Um, you know, some things are racist, but some, some things are racial ignorance. Some are racial insensitivity. Right. And it's important that we distinguish between those because if I view someone as being a racist, that's shutting down conversation. I don't want to have anything to do with them. You know, and then once we do that, we're not going to be in fellowship and in, in communion with people. And so, therefore, we're not going to be spreading the gospel. Right. And so that's that's our bottom line premise. We believe that it's Christians, it's the church's job to bring about re- reconciliation so that we can then have the opportunity to spread the gospel to people of all colors, all nations, all races. Mm. And so that's what our premise is. Well, I think that's one of those things. And again, kind of who you guys are. One, you're deeply rooted in your faith. You have a desire to reach people. Um Everything you, you, you say, you make a statement in the, in the video, uh, it's dark versus light, not black versus white. That is such a powerful phrase. You know, I've shared with our congregation here, if we could get rid of racism tomorrow, it just doesn't exist, never exists, wipe it, wipe it from our corporate memory. We'd still have that sin yeah. nature, and we'd still find some other way to, the flesh would find some way to exalt self and put someone else down in pride and we would find ways to divide. We'd find ways to put other people down. And that sin nature 
is the real issue. It's, it is that dark Absolutely. versus light. Absolutely. You, you're right on. And, and one, we, one thing that we say is, and we acknowledge it for this, racism is a sin. Mm. And um, it's a sin that the devil has been using to try. And I say try. He's been using it to try to stop the spread of the gospel for centuries. Right. Um, that's what he tries to use. And, and it brings about hate. It brings about pain, suffering. And, and that it's from the sin of racism. Right. You know, and um, so we believe, we agree exactly what you're saying. Racism is a sin. It's, it's, it's not black and white. It's not us versus people. It is a, it's a um, dark versus light thing. And, and by the way, don't think we missed the dark side. Fear leads to anger. Anger leads to hate. Hate leads to suffering. We, we caught the Yoda yeah. quote. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that is. <laughs> you, you quoted Yoda. Hey, hey, your feelings will betray you, young Obi-Wan. So you, you, you know, interesting story about that. <laughs> what did you say? No, I was just say you literally did the voice, but go ahead. I want the interesting story. <laughs> <laughs> so we have a, one of my sons, um, he's our middle son, and I think he was turning maybe about nine at that time. And so I love Star Wars. I grew up watching him. I'm 48 years old. And mm-hmm. so he was just getting into Star Wars. So right before um, we made that video, and so we're watching it, and there was one time, and I had him watch it in just the order that they um, should have been, one, two, three, four, five, six, all the way through there. Right. And so he didn't know that Darth Vader was Luke's father. And so it was so fun because when I, I'm watching it with him, and I hear him when he when um, Vader says that, and he's like, "Luke, I'm your father." And my son's like, "Yes, I knew it." You know. And so, <laughs> so you know. Did you videotape it? Just, did you? No, take- I didn't oh. videotape that. I, I should have said that. <laughs> but that's where that came from. And yeah, we watched that. And and it's the truth, though. Like when you look at the story about Anakin, Darth Vader became, you know, Darth Vader, the the most recognized villain in the world, arguably. I mean, mm-hmm. and it's because fear. Fear needs the darkness, you know, and, and you just, so it's so true though, isn't it? From a spiritual yeah, perspective. No, it is. It is. I love the, I love the way that you, though you really did, you kind of played off of that and you used that quote, but then you also said, and a couple slides later in the light, love leads to forgiveness. Forgiveness yeah. leads to unity. Unity leads to peace. And that is, that is, that is a powerful, that's kind of the, that's almost the core message of the whole thing, it seems. That's it. Yes, it is. We, we used the scripture reference and I didn't have it then. It wasn't really until months later when we started speaking on this subject, because God gave the scripture verse to my wife and it's um, 1 John 1, 5 through 7. You know, and that, mm-hmm. that passage says, we know that God is light and him there's no darkness at all. If we claim to be in the light, but we don't live that way, then we're liars Yeah, because the blood of Jesus purifies us from all sin. And so who's the message he's talking to? He's talking to Christians. Mm. You know, we are the ones that know the light. And and so we're the ones that have the light of Jesus in us. And we're the ones that are supposed to spread the light to the world. Right. And so that's where it leads, you know, um, in the light, you, you love, it's going to lead to forgiveness. And, and that's why we, when we, you know, set up our ministry, it's about forgiving each other and being being um, in reconciled with other races and other people, right. but ultimately, and, and first and foremost, it's about being forgiven from God for our sins. All right. of us have sinned, and and that's why it's hard for non Christians to get this message, you know, um, because yeah. we Christians are the ones that that are supposed to lead because we understand forgiveness because we've been forgiven. Yeah. So no, that's exactly right. Here's the thing: it doesn't yeah. matter if I've ever treated someone in a racist fashion. 
if my brothers and sisters who are people of color, brown and black, have been treated in a racist fashion, I can help bear that burden. I can help educate people. I can help support and encourage. And I just have to say, if you're listening to this and you're sitting here going, man, I know it's a problem, but it's not as big a problem. I just want to say far too many people I know and trust who are people of color tell very detailed stories. And it's generally not some like formal, and I want to be careful here, I I, I don't see it as like a system that is forcing this. It's people. It's people's attitudes, people's perspectives. And, you know, it it happens all the time. And we just have got to, we've got to one, I, I think there's something that we as white believers, we can create a no tolerance policy, I think a little bit easier than maybe our brown brothers and sisters can. I really think we can just sit and say, yeah, this is sin, it's wrong, and in our in our circles we're not going to tolerate it, and we have the freedom to do that. And I just think that's yeah. one way, just speaking up, just talking about it, you know, is a helpful, yeah. helpful step. And, Pastor, one thing that you're saying is as we are grappling with some of these issues that we together – as a country face, we have to talk about these things through love from the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, you know, as, as we're having some of these conversations that we have to have, what should we do with some of these statues? You know, we, we have to have civil conversations that are fueled by love with, with some understanding because, you know, a lot of people don't even understand the whole issue with some of these things, you know, and now I want to say this, I do not propose anarchy tearing down any statue. I don't propose that at mm. all. I'm not for that. Right. You know, because if you start anarchy in one area, how soon before they start coming to the churches and, and trying to tear down the cross because they don't like our message. Yeah. So right. I'm not for anarchy, but I am for let's learn the history behind some of these statues and, and what do they mean to other people? Right. Why were they placed in some of the places they were placed? Once you do that, you'll find that some of these statues um, and monuments to people were set up in public places as a sign that people love saying, hey, even though you are free, you're still not welcome here. Mm. And so those mm. are those are symbols and signs to black people of oppression still. And so what I what we propose is let let's talk about, let's evaluate, let's as a society educate ourselves on some of these these um these issues and then let's have a civil conversation. Yeah. You know? But at the same time, we can't eradicate our past. Our past is ugly. It's messy. Um but we and we can't judge historical figures um, by our society and cultural standards right now. Mm, you know? That's a good point. But, but even all the more reason for Christians, the influencers in society, because we can easily um, set a culture of forgiveness and kindness and love instead of cancel culture and yeah. you know tear it down and anarchy. And so that's why we, Christians have to be the ones that are leading these discussions, not trying to avoid them. No, we cannot right. stick our head in the sand. We have to engage. Alex, that is that is so good. And you're right. If we try to cancel our history, we're never going to learn from it. Uh, but to know and and to know there are some of these some of these individuals who are in statues and are honored, when you look at the history, they're not worthy of honor. No. And I think I think there are some of those who you can say, you know what? In retrospect, we don't want that. We don't want that there. But others, we recognize, you know, hey, this is part of our history. And what we don't want to do is repeat history by forgetting it. I was going to say some of them, while we're, while we're looking at evaluating, can some of them go in a museum? Can, can, you know, because we can't just 
just delete our history. It is what it is. Right. You know, but maybe, maybe some of those shouldn't be in the public place. Maybe they should be in the museum, you know, and um, some of them need to be left alone, but these are discussions that we as a society have to have and Christians should be the ones leading those discussions. Yeah, that's good. That's good, Alex. Now I don't know some of these. We're gonna have the racist museum. I, that's <laughs> it's one of those things where where there. Are, I I just I guess there are some that I can say. Yeah, I I just think I think they should be brought down. But again, even that you're so right. It needs to be a discussion because you don't educate people by tearing down things that they think are precious. You you help them understand yeah. why maybe it's not as precious as you think. And yeah. I I think those discussions are so critical. That's part of the reason why there's so much angst and hurt from the white community who are now, even white Christians are digging their heels in their sand because they're like, man, they're, we're not, they're not feeling like they're able to have this family. Right. They're just being labeled and called, and, and, and that's not good. Well, I, I've shared before that I think there's two streams of kind of the civil rights movement. There's kind of the Martin Luther King uh, stream that really is what you're talking about reconciliation, forgiveness, education, and, and it, it was powerful and it influenced. And we've seen incredible progress over the last 50 years. And I think largely because of his, his influence and others like him. And then of course, there's, there's more of the nation of Islam. There's the, the black Panthers, the, which kind of had the Malcolm X stream, which has a very different approach. And I don't know that it's been as influential. You don't influence people by, by trying to cancel them and by labeling them. You influence people by calling out, calling them to something higher by revealing, you know, Martin Luther King held up a mirror. And a whole lot of people. Now, there, there, there are people who are just racist. There are people who are hateful. There are people who've been taught hate. They don't even know why. They don't even know why. I mean, you know, I, I, I just know I, I've run into people who just say these things. I'm like, where did that even come from? What type of environment were you raised in that, that you look at other people that way? But I, I think if you want to influence people of goodwill, people who are maybe – you know, because I think what you would say, there's a whole lot of people with certain biases and things and certain presuppositions about people of color or people just say different than them, uh, that you, that you, they're not beyond redemption. You can communicate to them. You can help them see differently and you influence people by love. You influence people by forgiveness. You influence people by, by communicating, not by hating. And pastor, I just want to once again, just reiterate for Christians, because that's who, who God has called my wife and I to, to really mobilize. Mm. There's only one way. There's only one way for us. Our end goal is to be in good standing with our brothers and sisters, yeah. to have unity and peace with all people so that we can then have the opportunity to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them. Yeah. And, and you share that through love. Yeah. Not debating, not arguing. I've never once argued anyone into the kingdom of God. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. And and that what you just said, our goal is being in one kingdom, getting as many people we can out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And that's that's what we're Amen. all about. So, well, Alex, I so Amen. appreciate I so appreciate you taking time to uh taking time to talk to us. Tell us about tell us about the book once again, the title and where we can find it. Yeah, it's called Let's Start Again and um it's a biracial couples view on race, racial ignorance and racial insensitivity. You can check it out at our website, alexbryant.org. We also have a podcast called The Way We See It, and you can check that out there as well. You can also buy our book on Amazon. Um, just look for Let's Start Again, Alex and Angela Bryant. So 
Thank you for your time, pastors. Oh, thank you so much. And I look forward to talking to you again sometime. And uh, go Bears. Go Bears. Thank you, Alex. God bless you. God bless you. Bye. Bye. Pastor Sean, another one for the books, my friend. Wow. That guy's the bomb. Yeah. No, I, I just love because he really has a vision. He really has a vision of talking to people of color about about how to achieve reconciliation. And I think he has a unique gift. And I mean, he and his wife being a, a biracial couple, a unique ability to talk to white people and, and help us understand and help us kind of look in the mirror. Again, like I talked about in, in the interview uh, regarding Martin Luther King, he held yeah. up a mirror. And people who are open at all to, to kind of looking at themselves honestly, a guy like Alex can really help. Well, the conversation, though, is, is being had. And, uh, yeah. Sean, thanks for leading the way and making it happen. And it's inspiring others, I think. Wow. Well, Baron, thank you for your part and, uh, and helping make this thing happen. I just love this brother's ministry. Again, his book is called Let's Start Again. Uh, that's Alex and Angela Bryant. You can get that on Amazon. You can go to their website, alexbryant.org. And uh, just I, I want to hear from more people like this. Yeah. I really do. I, I want to learn from people like this. I, it, it, what it does is it helps me get inside someone whose journey and experience have been different than my own, and that's always helpful. I'd also like you to get 47 million <laughs> views and followers. Can whoa, we? Uh, whoa, whoa. You wait. don't think this podcast? Well, I think we got 30. <laughs> We're at 30 million right now. 30 million. <laughs> the population of Texas. <laughs> exactly. We'll take that. But not 47 million. <laughs> hey, by the way, go to reachingforreallife.org, and there you can find Pastor Sean's book called The Pilgrim's Guide to the Spirit-Filled Life. Sean, we're almost done with this uh, audio book here. Well, yes, we are, Baron. Yes, we yes, are. Yes, we are. We're so close. Yeah, that's going to be a, a really neat project yeah. and a neat thing to have. That's out. the best way to read the book, by the way. You're the only person who like knows because you've been working on I editing been. and things. So I haven't, but what what it does for me is that I can hear your voice as as I'm going through the book myself, though, and it keeps me focused. I get mm. distracted easily when I'm reading a book. Though. I'm one page in and I squirrel. You Words know. are hard. I know, <laughs> <laughs> but no, it just goes by easy, and it's, and then you hear your passion behind it. So I really encourage that uh, you when the when it comes out to check it out at Amazon.com. We'll have it at all the, the places, of course. Yeah. yeah. But uh, uh, again, at ReachingForRealLife.org, like the podcast if you would. Uh, share it with your friends, put it on your Facebook, and uh, keep the good news coming, Sean. Yeah. Hey, guys, thank you for listening. And, and let's just take the advice that we heard today. Let's, let's listen to one another. And, and we're the body of Christ. We have got to be the model of unity. We've got to be the model of reconciliation the world so desperately needs. And the beauty is we have the spirit of Jesus to draw us to one another, not push us apart. So uh, I want to encourage you in that. God bless you. Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll catch you next time on uh, Reaching for Real Life Podcast. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.